live and pre-recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. I am Brian Buckley. This is a special, special Saturday edition. Yes, a little bit late this week. I'm consistently inconsistent. You just don't know when the, the, the podcast, what day it's going to come out. I know. Yeah, I, I leave you hanging, but you know, I, I like the element of surprise. But you know what Saturdays are for. It's a Saturday podcast, and you know what they're for. <laughs> you know what they're for. Everyone says that they repeat, they regurgitate the same garbage. Saturdays are for rest and relaxation before the day of Sabbath. You knew that. And it's Saturday night for me right now. By the time you hear it, it's already Sunday. So you, you'll have to wait till next week for your rest and relaxation for the day of the Sabbath. But I'll say this. I'm going to pregame a little bit. Saturday night special pregame. Get all the boys over, have a little body Christ, huh? Padre, bring the vino. Hey, you got a cigarette, Father? You got a lighter, too? <laughs> Don't you always love those who, hey, can I get a cigarette? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Hey, can I get a lighter, too? Oh, oh you want me to smoke it for you? <laughs> I'm usually the guy asking. Oh, I, I don't smoke anymore. Hey, but you, you got a cigarette? You got a lighter? <laughs> Anyways, uh, so how's everybody doing? <laughs> I'm laughing at my own jokes. Boy, we're getting off to a rousing start. Can't even get a sentence out. Um, some of you may be thinking, wow, well, why don't you just wait till next week? Why don't you just call it a week? Or maybe you're not even thinking at all, saying, I really don't care about your terminology of when you release a podcast. I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to be doing a little traveling in the beginning of the week. So I don't want to lose some of the material. The material. I know it's, so, <laughs> it's such a big deal. You don't think you, you, you get your hands on this. Woo. But, uh, you know, I just I wanted to get something out for this week, and maybe next week it'll probably be a little late too. But um, I, I care about you, Jesus. I love all of you. I love every single one of you, and I mean that from the bottom of my heart, um, all of you. So uh, you're all God's children, and that's why I hope you relaxed, you rested, relaxed for the day of the Sabbath. That's what Saturdays are for. Just put that on a T-shirt. That could really be big. Anyways, uh, we got a few things to get to. I will get to something that uh, probably completely out of left field. And that's something I've been dealing with today, and especially the past few weeks. I mean, it's obviously, we all go through it uh, the past few years, honestly. Past decades, honestly. But it seems like it's really been increased, and that's scams. Now, some people can sniff out a scam, and they'll tell you all about it. But, uh, you know, it's scams on the phone, scams in the mail. I mean, I've got a crazy amount of calls lately about... My auto uh, insurance extension program, it's about to expire, and I don't know how everyone handles it. Maybe I used to be, I'm not going to answer the phone of a number I don't know, especially when it's, you know, from like Elk Grove, fucking Illinois, where I have absolutely no association to. But I kind of like the game. I don't know. Maybe it's just uh, having a lot of free time on my hands, but uh, I'll just pick it up and say, all right, I want to talk to someone. All right. uh, Who am I speaking to? There's several different methods you can go to this. So who am I speaking to? Well, you called me, don't you know? Click. I, I will say this. These scammers, I will say, they have an amazing ability to hang up immediately at the sign of distress. It's 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 uncanny. It's it's really something to behold. Um, but I, I, I like to play that game. But again, you usually get the quick hook, like the fucking gong show. Have they remade that? Oh, my God. Jesus Christ. Um, like every other show from the 70s and 80s, game show variety crap. Gong show. Are they, did they really do that? Or did I just make that up? I feel like I'm like dreaming. Maybe I had a few drinks and like they're, they're making so many. Maybe they are. Um, but uh, the other I guess the other this is dying already or three minutes in. The other method I guess you can do is uh, you sort of go the way and then you ask them which car they're talking about. Oh, your primary car. And then I'll say, I don't have a car. And then they hang up immediately. 
Or the other one that, that that's big, too, is the uh, the student loans. And I, I play the game there, too. Say, oh, okay, uh, what about your student loans? Well, I don't have any, so why'd you call me? It's, it's amazing how they know you. I mean, you're selected to be called because, obviously, there's, there's issues with your case. But they don't seem to have any of your demographic information. It's, it's, it's mind-boggling. And then the other thing in the mail, too, which this has been happening for years, too, and it still gets me every time. You get something in the mail, and they put that, like, font of, like, a 13-year-old girl on there instead of, like, you know, just normal printed-out Times New Roman font. And it's like, whoa, look, I got a piece of mail. Holy shit, what is this? And then you turn it around to open it, and then there's at and slogan there, or a logo. So, oh, they fucked me over and over again. But for a minute, you're like, whoa, someone actually cared enough to send me a piece of mail because people don't do that anymore. They either call you, text you, you know, send an email. Oh, I got mail. Totally mind-fucking you. Or the ones that are, or the ones that make you think there's a check inside. You got to oh, peel the thing off the top and the sides. It's like goddamn experiment. Rip that off. All right, I did it. Let me see my check. Oh, it's not a check. It's just something they could have easily sent in an envelope. And uh, now you've been, uh, they made sure you opened it because you thought it was a check. Unbelievable. You know, Toyota and Iota Toyota Camry, I have no problem saying that. You know, they sent me some mail the other day. And if I didn't send it back, signed by a certain date, it basically said, we're going to sell your information. You're going to use your information. If, if you don't want that to happen, you have to send it back by this date. Like, we have to give people permission to not fucking give our information out to the world. And it's also looking, this is just old man bitching right now, huh? Now, I was looking for somebody's address today. I mean, you can't find something. It's all private. You know, I actually used a phone book at a certain point. Nobody's stuff is in there. It's just businesses. Yet our entire lives are out there on the internet if you just pay for it. Oh, yeah, 99 cents for the first month. Yeah, $35 a month after that. That's what's happening in life now. Anyways, so a little bit of old news here. The Golden State Warriors are the NBA champions. Yada, yada, yada. Wonderful. We all knew that. I, I predicted in the last podcast that the Cavs would win game three. And they did not. They won game four and make it a five-game series, which I think a lot of people expected that Cleveland would win one game. I mean, what, what can you do there? I mean, the best team ever added Kevin Durant. And people are shocked that it was a five-game series. I, I don't understand how you could be shocked. <laughs> but I watched uh, game four in a bar uh, right outside of San Francisco in Sausalito. Sa- 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 and... Uh, you know, it's kind of a dingy bar, a good, good dive bar. And it's all Warriors fans, as you could possibly imagine. You, you would expect, excuse me, imagine, expect. You could get the fucking deal. Um, but uh, there was one Cleveland Cal- Cavaliers fan. And it made me think of that horrendous NBA commercial where where a guy walks in with his LeBron jersey. And he, he's like, you know, pulling out the, the shoulders. I'm doing the motion right now. It does nothing for the audio. But you know what I mean? Where it pulls the shoulders up showing, look at look at my team name. And uh, the Warriors fans like, ah, get out of here, you jerk. Hey, wait, come on over and sit at our table, stranger wearing a jersey. It wasn't exactly that, but I'll tell you, man, it was a clear definition, a clear, a clear division, I should say, of the East Coast, West Coast, watching sports scenario. Um, this entire bar, I'm talking, it was probably about 200 people there. It, was, it, it wasn't a very big bar. It was decent size, but there, it was packed. It was packed. And... There were people everywhere, and they were all Warriors fans, except for one Cleveland Cavalier fan. This guy was screaming, and this was the game that they won. This was the game that, you know, they blew the Warriors out. He was screaming up and down at every play, and no one said a word to him. Yeah, 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 let's go, let's go, let's fucking go. Not one person said, hey, shut the fuck up. You know, none of that. It was all just like, look at that. (sighs) 
I mean, imagine something like that happening in the Northeast. Or I mean, forget the East Coast. Just imagine like that something. If you go to a Red Sox bar or a Yankee bar or whatever, Jets, Giants bar, imagine the opposition, one fan coming in obnoxious, boisterous, loudmouth fucking asshole, and not one person saying something to him or her for the entire game. Imagine that. You can't. You can't. It's hey, everyone's out here. Love, peace, all that fucking crap. Um, yeah, it's, we're still in the 60s. It's the campus of Berkeley. Um, so, but the game itself, a lot of people, I don't understand. You know, Kevin, Gar- Kevin Garnett, Kevin Durant won the NBA title. He won his first NBA title. He played amazing. He, he you know, I mean, he, he, he got on a team. Yeah, we got it. But after the Warriors won, all this hate online for Kevin Durant. Like, I don't understand. Maybe all this hate was like, you know, sort of in, in the background. Like I knew, you know, you know, some people just thought, you know, he, he did what he did. Listen, he acted like a bitch. He took the easy way out. Who cares? That, that's the way I look at it. I mean, I, I love when people say he had the right to choose any team he wants. No one's debating that. I fucking hate when people, these straw man arguments to pat themselves on the back. Oh, he, he had the right to choose. Who the fuck said he didn't have the right to choose? I mean, did, was anyone making that argument? But, you know, go for the retweets and likes. I hope that works out for you. He went to the team, a, the best team ever. He went to the team with the best regular season record ever and lost in Game 7 of the NBA Finals. I mean, he took the easy way out. He followed the same model as LeBron. Not exactly the same. I mean, LeBron created a super team, regardless of what he says. And, you know, he joined a team with superstars on it in free agency. Now, he took the easy way out as well. But, I mean, Durant's, I think, is on another level. If we're going to be honest with you, but all this hate, I, I don't understand. All of, a, all of a sudden people are so angry that he did it. I, I can't just, and you hear me angry on this podcast a lot about dumb stuff, but like a guy winning a championship like that, I can't get that angry about. Well, I get angry about something, you know, if Alex Rodriguez sneezes and doesn't say, you know, doesn't say, excuse me, of course, I'm going to be furious. I may start fucking throwing things, but I mean, Kevin Durant, he won fucking move on. I, I, I don't get it. And now Fox Sports has this guy, Nick Wright, who I've never heard of, but apparently like uh, his entire existence is defending LeBron James. I guess that maybe you need that sort of that that angle, that hook for Fox Sports for they they have no shame. Like they have guys like Nick Wright or Skip Bayless who will just be wrong just so everyone can go and tell them they're wrong, you know, just so there's exposure to their site, to the Twitter, to their brand. It's an interesting strategy. Let's see if it works. Meme. Um, but I, I, I had to speak on that. I really did not understand all the Kevin Durant hate. And they had, how about that? They had that commercial, <laughs> that commercial right after the championship. Um, was it for Nike? Yeah, it was for Nike about all these people as if they're, you know, it's an Illuminati's meeting or something, but it's really just a bunch of talking heads like the Stephen A. Smiths and the, and the, yeah, Stephen A. Smith. You don't want to make an enemy out of me. And I'm looking right into the camera. That was so odd when he like threatened Kevin Durant, which was odd. But all those people are sitting there, and then it's just like you know what? It, what? How did it end? It said like defend this or react to that or something stupid like debate this. That's what it said. Debate this. It's like yeah, you did it. You won. You know validation. Very strange. Very strange. I guess it's not that strange. People have commercials, Brian. Big deal. If it didn't, if they lost and it didn't air, so what? Who cares? It'll just be lost on the internet. Maybe it'll leak somewhere, and then you'll never see it again. Kind of like that cancer commercial. Hey, I was talking with uh, the great Simon from Yonkers about it the other day. My father brings this commercial up too. A guy laughing in the uh, guy la- laughing in the uh, the doctor's office, and the doctor just comes and goes, "What are you laughing at? You got six months to live." 
I remember the commercial. You cannot find it. If someone has the link to it, please let me know. Or send it to Smarks on Twitter, too, at S-M-A-R-Q-S. Send it to him, too. We both want to see it. Um, what are you laughing at? You got six months to live. It's a funny, but I mean, the commercial itself obviously was in bad taste, and uh, it has been whitewashed from the internet. I guess you can do that if you try. If only Rick Pitino could whitewash everything. Um, but the, let's what else? The NBA Finals. People making jokes at the parade. Draymond Green wearing a shirt. Something you know derogatory about the Cavs. Quick, quickie title, whatever. Everyone acts as if like these these jokes that they make at these like parades and you know big things that that as if like the opponents actually fucking care about it. I'm sure LeBron like saw that was just like. Oh, man. Yeah, that's right, because he said that he was never part of a super team, and Draymond said, oh, man, he's the one that created it. And uh, I, I'm sure LeBron is just sitting there lifting every weight, doing every squat. Draymond. Draymond. <laughs> I guess you just need this, again, the talking heads. They need to, I guess, go out go out with a bang when talking about the NBA. Uh, the NBA never dies, though. It's all about the uh, the NBA draft going forward. So, we'll see there. Um LeBron said that he, again, I guess even LeBron is taking, you know, after the media, come on, Brian, keep together, uh, keeping after the media members there and saying, you know, with some more sound bites saying that uh, only two people could guard him in the post. And uh, that would be Shaquille O'Neal. Or no, it's only two people I that I couldn't stop in the post. I'm butchering this quote. And that is uh, Shaquille O'Neal and Jesus Christ going the John Lennon route. However, someone did point out to me that, you know, LeBron is at least giving some uh, props to Jesus Christ. When John Lennon, nah, he put him down a pedestal and said, hey, Jesus, nah, you're not a a beetle. Just uh, hard days, nights, sit the fuck down. Um, But I think we all know the reason. A guy who's even classier than Jesus Christ, and that's Steve Kerr. And I don't think the Warriors would have won without his class factor. I mean, I don't think we mentioned enough. I, congratulations, Steve Kerr. He did virtually nothing. He has a super team. Uh, he says nice things. He's not controversial. And look at him. Good job. Good job, Steve, Steve Kerr. Oh, boy. We'll die for him. I'll die for him. We'll all die for him on the cross. Anyways, moving on. Blasphemy everywhere on this podcast. Good God. Sorry. Sorry. But I guess with the finals over now, too, then the NBA season over with, the only thing left to do is debate Jordan versus uh, LeBron. I don't think we've done that enough. I don't think we—I don't mind asking the—I mean, I had Tanyan starts on, and, you know, one of the dopey questions I asked him was, you know, <laughs> LeBron and Jordan, <laughs> you know. But, I mean, if you go on Twitter, there are people whose lives are dedicated to that debate, and I don't understand it. Like, what do you get out of that? Yeah, you see, on Twitter, I proved this guy wrong. Uh, I was like, LeBron, I mean, if you look at the stats, the plus-minus ratio, I mean, it's, it's not, even, not even a debate. I mean, it's just so stupid. It is one of those questions. Maybe when LeBron retires, there'll actually be, like, you know, a, an actual answer. Like, you have a debate with something. There is no fucking answer. Like, I, I don't understand how people can have those debates. It's fun to be like, oh, what well, if you think about it? Yeah, anyway, nothing more than, like, 10, 15 minutes. This, this idea of continuing this... There are people, again... You, their entire lives are dedicated to this. And then when that, that argument got old, you know, Durant said something, what, that, uh, or no, Iverson said uh, something about Kyrie was better than Allen Iverson. Just like, oh, my God, do we have to play this fucking dream team matchup bullshit all the time? Yeah, but if this guy played in that era and he played on this team, but he those guys, what would, what would think about the NBA rules here? 
Listen, everyone was good, all right? I love the way everyone played, and uh, I just like to move on from all of it. So that's that. Um, NBA is over. And you see the Celtics might trade the first pick, which Markel Fultz, who, be honest, none of you have seen him fucking play. Uh, he played on a shitty team in Washington. But let, let me tell you, everyone's an expert, though. Another thing on Twitter, I don't understand how anyone... It, I understand people are big hoop heads, hoop heads, NBA fans, hoops guys. I, I just, I, I really, it doesn't do much for me when I'm like, when someone's like, hey, check out Josh Jackson shooting these, you know, these jump shots be completely unguarded, except for, you know, trainers. And they put the video on there as if everyone's supposed to be like, whoa, that guy is going to do work in the NBA. Did you see the way he hit that uncontested 12-foot jump shot? Wow. I mean, if you're in the industry or whatever, I, I get it. I mean, but, I don't know. Whatever. That's me. Uh, baseball. Uh, the Yankees, man. They are supposed to go to the game on uh, Friday. Plans change. I will be going Sunday. Sunday, June 17th. I will be the one wearing a Yankee jersey. Uh, so you will see me in the crowd. But uh, this has been a, a disastrous, a horrendous uh, West Coast trip for the New York Yankees. The injury bug has bit. Even though Gary Sanchez pinch hit today in Saturday's game, struck out. But uh, at least he's playing again. Uh, yeah, the pitching is falling apart. The hitting is not there when you need it. And the injuries, like I said. I think we have a problem. We have a problem with Masahiro Tanaka. This is no longer... I mean, I said give him one more start. Did okay. This was bad again today. And I, Sterling started the game today. I was in the car listening to it. And he goes, and the Yankees really need... They really need a good start out of Masahiro Tanaka. They need it bad. Here's the first pitch. Swung on, and there it goes. It is high. It is far. It's just like, wow. First pitch. Ooh, baby. So, um, I don't know what they're going to do with him. CeCe's hurt. Uh, it's, you know, it's something small, but, you know, when you get to that age and a man that big, that's the kind of stuff that can linger. It can linger for a long time. Chris Carter stinks. And there was an article. Someone had a, a, a sort of op-ed sort of thing on a Bronx pinstripes today about, we need to stop criticizing Chris Carter. To a certain extent, I agree. Uh, I think it's, like I said in the last podcast, we every year, Yankee fans, we seem to have a you know a guy that we pick. A guy that we pick who is just anemic. Uh, anemic. Did I say anemic? Anemic. Terrible. You know, just doesn't belong on the team. And anytime you see him come up, it's like my father used to say about Mike Pagarillo. He is a designated strikeout. So... Chris Carter is that guy now. Chase Headley at least gives you something, but he's not far behind too. But that we should stop criticizing Chris Carter. To a certain extent, I agree. Uh, I'm critical of him. We all know what he is. I think that the, the meat of the article, get to the point, Brian, was that uh, you know we, no one expected him to be Babe Ruth. We knew what he was. And my counterpoint to that is, you're absolutely right, but when he is completely fucking up games, I'm going to criticize him. You know, when you're striking out in big opportunities and when you're lazy, so lazy that he, what was that game in Anaheim? I forget what day it was. When he's playing first base, just puts his glove out there. It's, it's kind of like how he bats. You know, if, if the ball and the apparatus, either the glove or the bat don't completely match up, he will make no alterations. Absolutely none. And it fucked the game over. And that's when CC got hurt. So Chris Carter, I'm going to criticize you. And then I also saw another, I think it was by the same writer on Bronx Pinstripes. It's free publication, free uh, publicity for uh, Bronx Pinstripes, if, if you could get the actual name out, um, that we need to uh, issue an apology to Aaron Hicks for the way that fans treated him yesterday, last year. No, I won't do that. Um, he sucked, and I will uh, continue to say he sucks when he sucks. He's playing very good right now. 
I'm not issuing apologies. There is some, there are a lot of people in the world now that think they have some sort of, you know, intimate relationship with athletes. They don't give a fuck about you. Uh, I mean, and I don't mean that in a mean way, which I don't know how it could come across any different, but I don't mean that that way, but you need to back the fuck off. Like they are human beings. They are not gods. And they, they, they have feelings, I get it, like, but I doubt that they're going into the fetal position crying after saying, did you hear the boos? Unless you're Kevin Brown. I think people should boo more. I hear that argument all the time. What's the point of booing my own team? It's counterproductive. It just doesn't even matter. You're not helping. I'm going to boo all the time. I said this on Twitter. How many times have I said something on t- today that says, and on Twitter, but I've said, I said this. Some of the best times I ever had at a game was when I, I joined the 40,000 other people there in booing somebody. It was great. Many times it was Kyle Farnsworth. And it was deserved. And I will not issue an apology. And I will continue to criticize him, even in retirement. That's what I did. Um, another thing in baseball, I saw this from, and thank, I guess he's out of uh, intensive care. Um, believe he was in some sort of critical condition that's uh, Jeff Passan. I know that uh, that fight with uh, Bryce Harper and Hunter Strickland deeply affected him. So it looks like he's good now. He's actually writing again. Uh, thoughts and prayers, Jeff. I mean, you know, we we all remember where we were for those big events. You know, some of the older listeners, you know, where we were for JFK or, you know, maybe some younger ones, 9-11. I mean, where were you when Bryce Harper threw his helmet at Hunter Strickland? It's just those defining moments you just never get over. But he had an article that the MLB is trying to get fan friendly, which they did. They did today too. It's a Father's Day weekend. Let's let's give a little hint of blue, huh? And then we will sell those jerseys. But then we, you know, we'll we'll make a we'll make a donation to to probably prostate cancer. I guess I don't know. I maybe I should read it because MLB wants to remind everyone cancer's bad. Normally I'm pro cancer, but uh, MLB's changed me with their stand up to cancer. As if as if there are, there's these line of people saying pro cancer. Maybe I'm just being cynical and, uh, you know, just being a real curmudgeon about it. That, that annoys me, though, in the All-Star game. We all have people that are affected by cancer. And all, all of us standing up is not going to make them, you know, make it go away. I mean, awareness of cancer is great, but who, who is... Do you know anyone that's pro-cancer? Do you? Again, maybe I'm overreacting, perhaps. But uh, get to the point. Christ almighty. Uh, so the point is that the baseball is trying to get fun. I guess later, I think it's in August, it's going to be Players Weekend. Because they're, I think they're going after the mold of the NBA of, you know, branding the players. You know, having their own, not literally, we're not going to take them into a stockyard and brand them on the ass. But you're actually branding them. And the NBA has done it to a, you know, perfection. The guys are bigger than the teams in many cases. And MLB, I think that's what Rob Manfred's trying to do. I think a lot of this dumb shit is... Uh, counter, not counterproductive, but useless. And it's a novelty and it's circus-like. This one... They're going to allow the players to put, if they choose, to put some sort of nickname on the back of their jersey in, you know, in lieu of the player name. I mean, it's silly. Uh, I have no real issue with it. But it is kind of silly. But let's be honest. It's not very baseball-like, but maybe that's a good thing. Baseball, imagine, you know, know, I I was going to say Faye Vincent, but I don't even remember really his policies other than uh, banning, you know, uh, no, that's, no, Giamatti did that. But, uh, or Bud Selig doing this. So you're getting a little creative, letting pl- players do that. You're going to have a lot of players possibly saying some Spanish nicknames. So maybe that'll bring players, you know, and fans together in that sense. I know that the language barrier is an issue for people. 
Like Jerry Remy. Learn baseball language. You see, uh, do you see Jerry Kemi? I thought people would be uh, nasty just because it's the internet. But uh, Jerry Remy has cancer again. That's the fifth time, man. That's that's pretty brutal. But uh, I think it's I think it's interesting. Not baseball-like, like I said. But where baseball gets you, and if you read the fine print here, let's be honest. Oh, it's cute. Uh, oh, look, the Dustin Pedroia, the laser show. Or, or, or I can't even think of any other nickname. Maybe that's what they're trying to do, actually get nicknames. Who are the big guys in the sport? Mike Trout, what's his nickname? Okay. Uh, Bryce Harper, what's his nickname? Oh, all right. Aaron Judge. Uh, he's, he's a little new, so we give a break there. But, I mean, the top players, they don't have nicknames. Maybe that's what they're trying to do, create nicknames. And why would they want nicknames? Well, for recognition and for money. Cold, hard cash. See, they, they if you get to the end of the Passan article and it says, the jerseys from the weekend will be sold by MLB, which will donate the proceeds to the Youth Development Foundation. Spectacular. An initiative in which the league and MLB, oh, the Players Union, work together. That's wonderful. You know, it's great. They also left out the part where they're going to market all these shirts over and over and over again to all of you. So what, Brian? It's capitalism. Do you really have that much of an issue with it? No, but I mean, let's not, let's not fucking put lipstick on a pig. You're doing it for fucking money. It's all about that. And, I, you know, maybe these guys, maybe it takes off. I, I don't think it's wrong, but I just think, you know, it, it, it's like someone's selling you something. You know it's not the truth. Just stop it. Just stop it. Speaking of selling you something and it's not the truth, we'll end here. Yes, yes, uh, 25 minutes. Okay, yeah, that's good. Uh, the big fight, the one that we've all been we all, we've been all been waiting for, right? We've all been waiting for this, right? The uh, Floyd Mayweather, a serial domestic abuser, piece of shit, probably can't read either, uh, is taking on MMA superstar, loud, uh, boisterous, and obnoxious uh, Conor McGregor. Now, I know nothing about Conor McGregor other than, like, I think he was really poor, like, uh, last sort of, you know, well, I mean, we're talking about, we're talking about direct competition between a, a, a white guy and a black guy. So obviously the white guy's very gritty, you know, a lot of toughness, a lot of hustle. Uh, and the black guy, well, he's controversial, you know? I mean, so let's, uh, I mean, it just so happens in this case, it's the truth, but that's the way that sports media portrays it sometimes. Let's, let's be honest. Let's, let's be honest. Can I say that? Did I say that? Did I offend you? No, Brian, you didn't offend me at all. Why, why are you pretending it's like a big issue? Yeah, yeah, I don't know. I'm just fake outrage. Um, but I mean, I, I, they made it seem, I guess, Conor McGregor, like, last shot, I didn't have any money. I mean, I don't mean last shot like uh, like you're like a scratch-off lottery guy, uh, you know, hoping that life's going to turn around. That 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 whole culture, I I bring that up just because I, I went and got a Powerball ticket a few, uh, few hours ago. And, you know, the, the guy who gets the ticket and then just moves to the side and scratches it off, can you just, like, walk out of the store first? That's a whole subculture of human that it, it frightens me, but it interests me. It's like, really? Or the people that don't even don't even scratch it off. This, I've probably done this bit before. Uh, but the, Or the people that don't even scratch, scratch it off. They just scratch off the little, uh, you know, insignia that gets beeped. <laughs> Whatever. All right. That bummed. Uh, so you have Mayweather and McGregor going. Obviously, McGregor is the MMA style, which I'm not an MMA guy. It's... Uh, I don't want to sound like a prissy little pansy, but it's a little too violent for me. I, I have, I don't find it entertaining to see someone's face get smashed in over and over again, which is ironic because I like watching fights on YouTube. But I guess when it's organized, I guess, yeah, I think that's when, when it's unorganized, anything can happen. But I, when it's organized for, I feel it's sort of a Roman Colosseum feeding Christians to the lions sort of deal. Very, very, very strange. It's also a little homoerotic, honestly. Not that there's anything wrong with that. But, you know, when I see a guy's face, like, shoved up their cr- another guy's crotch, it's just like, 
I don't know, man. I, I paid money for this. <laughs> I, 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 I forked over money to watch this this pose. Just doesn't not there's anything wrong with that. It just I, no, I don't get it. But uh, this is going to be a fight that everyone. I mean, the hype machine for this. I mean, ESPN is going to forget all other sports exist with how much they go off on this one. Oh God, all the all the all the talking heads with this one. Jesus Christ. Uh, but it is going to generate a lot of money. There's not a chance in hell I will watch it. And I, and I you know, I, I tell all of you, don't order this fight. We all know it's, first of all, it's it's a sideshow to a certain extent. Conor McGregor is not a boxer, but they're t- going under boxing rules. Now, it makes complete sense from Floyd Mayweather's standpoint, because honestly, if Mayweather loses, which he won't, and I'll, we all know why, and I'll, I'll tell you in a second, but if he loses, he has the built-in excuse that, hey, this was a sideshow. Granted, he knows what sideshow means, but he'll say, this is a sideshow. Why would this count for my record? I'm an undefeated fighter. We got to brought a guy in here. I mean, this is, this is a circus. You know, this is stupid. How can you, this wasn't an official fight in that sense, which, you know, somehow will make sense kind of maybe, but it's not going to matter because he's not going to lose. If you've seen a Floyd Mayweather fight, you know what you're going to see. It's going to be Floyd Mayweather running around the uh, canvas, the, the squared circle, or is that just, yeah, they say the same thing. I know it's a wrestling thing, uh, but he's going to run around and uh, tire Conor McGregor out, and he's just going to jab, jab, jab. And Conor McGregor is not going to be used to quick, repeated punches like that. Oh, yeah? You don't watch him, okay? You didn't watch UFC fucking 97, did you? No, I didn't. Uh, but I, I, the idea that they're doing boxing and one of the best fighters of all time, regardless of how big of a scumbag he is and how much Stephen Smith will be his lapdog as he drools all over his Lamborghinis and a fucking fluff piece for ESPN, no matter how much of a scumbag he is, he is uh, amazing. He's one of the best ever. But he will run around, and uh, he'll tire McGregor out, and the jabs will eventually... I mean, he may end up knocking him out. You never know. It's, it's kind of weird. You have a Floyd Mayweather fight. He seems like lately he hasn't really knocked guys out, but the decision is not even... I mean, it's not even a question. We all know who the winner was when it goes to the judges. In this sense, maybe he'll do the same thing at worst. At best for Mayweather, he's going to knock him out. It would be absolutely shocking if McGregor won this fight, but people are going to plunk down the money. I don't know the price yet. It's uh, August 26th, so get the hype machine rolling. I can't even think about anything else. I'm delirious, bouncing off the walls, waiting for this fight of massive, epic proportions. I will not order it. However, I will look for a bar or, uh, well, where else would you watch other than a bar at night, Brian? Uh, well, someone's house, maybe. But no, I will. it would either be a bar or through the... Uh, the, the, the annals of the internet. The annals, that's right. Um, <laughs> that's mad dog speak. Uh, the annals of the internet. Um, yeah, I'll find it somehow. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. I don't know if it costs. I, I paid $100 for that Pacquiao Mayweather fight and knew what I was getting. And uh, I still talk about it, obviously, as of just right now. I'm not doing it again. I know what's going to happen, but I will watch it. And I will have $100 in my pocket. So get ready for that. Las Vegas. I mean, nothing says more and nothing says gaudy Las Vegas than Floyd Mayweather versus Conor McGregor. I mean, oh God. And the hype going up to this, all the shit talk. I mean, Conor McGregor already started. He said, fight is on. And it was two pictures on his Twitter. It was him and it was Floyd Mayweather's dad implying that Floyd is old because he's old. That's why he put his dad's picture there. Get it? That's just the beginning. The shit talking from because both of these guys cannot keep their mouths shut. They're both obnoxious shit talking assholes. So that should uh that that's gonna if you get bored of baseball, if you're not a baseball fan, you could probably watch the daily the the, the shit talking with this is going to exceed the daily LeBron Jordan talk. I can this I guarantee you. 
Let me be perfectly clear. That's my Obama. Terrible impersonation. I can get the pauses and mannerisms down, but it never just, it just doesn't sound like him when I try to do it. Now, let me be perfectly clear. We get it, Brian. It's terrible. I think that's it today. That is it. Uh, yeah, that's it. The rest of it on the list here is laundry. Lemon juice, check spices, frame, shaving cream. Yeah, that's, that's, I can't really do much with that. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at BrianBuck13 and at RedSicketBlues. You can listen to this show and every single other show that's ever been done on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, YouTube, Google Play. And if you uh, would be so kind, you would leave a review. It helps me. Uh, you know, I love you and you help me. I, I'm helping you by giving you all this quality content. Content is king. Help me. Help me. All right. <laughs> I'm going to enjoy the game tomorrow. Hopefully the Yankees will win. You know, one in five on this road trip. Let's make it two and five. With that being said, I'm out of The sweet pretty things on Vietnam, of course. The city fathers they're trying to endorse. The reincarnation of Paul Revere's horse. But the town has no need to be nervous. The ghost of Belle Star, she hands down her wits To Jezebel and Nun, she violently knits A bald wig for Jack the Ripper Who sits at the head of the Chamber of Commerce Mama's in a factory, she ain't got no shoes Daddy's in the alley, he's looking for food I'm in the kitchen where the tombstone blues Bride in the penny arcade Screaming she moans I've just been made Then sends out for the doctor Who pulls down the shade And says my advice is to not Let the boys in Now the medicine man comes And he shuffles inside He walks with a swagger And he says to the bride Stop all this weeping Swallow your pride you will not die, it's not poison Mama's in a factory, she ain't got no shoes Daddy's in the alley, he's looking for food I'm in the kitchen with the tombstone blues Well, John the Baptist, after torturing a thief Looks up at his hero, the commander-in-chief Saying, tell me, great hero, but please make it brief Is there a hole for me to get sick in? The commander-in-chief answers him while chasing a fly Saying, death to all those who would whimper and cry And dropping a barbell, he points to the sky Saying, the sun's not yellow, it's chicken Mama's in a factory, she ain't got no shoes Daddy's in the alley, he's looking for food I'm in the kitchen with the tombstone blues The king of the Philistines, his soldiers to save Puts jawbones on their tombstones and flatters their graves Puts the Pied Pipers in prison and fattens the slaves Then sends them out to the jungle
Gypsy Davy with a blowtorch, he burns out their camps. With his faithful slave Pedro behind him, he tramps. With a fantastic collection of stamps to win friends and influence his uncle. Mama's in a factory, she ain't got no shoes. Daddy's in the alley, he's looking for food. I'm in trouble with the tombstone blues. Tree of innocent flesh on the bone Causes Galileo's math book to get thrown At Delilah who's sitting worthlessly alone But the tears on her cheeks are from laughter I wish I could give Brother Bill his great thrill I would set him in chains at the top of the hill Then send out for some pillars and Cecil B. DeMille He could die happily ever after Mama's in a factory, she ain't got no shoes Daddy's in the alley, he's looking for food I'm in the kitchen with the tombstone blues Kitchen with the tombstone blue. All right. 